0: Hello, Tuesday Review listeners, and uh, welcome to our very special flashback episode from the old show, where we're going to re-upload all the old Man vs. Movies Star Wars episodes. I'm James.
1: I'm Nathan. And I'm Callum.
0: And yeah, we, I just thought we would take a couple minutes to uh, reintroduce uh, some, maybe some of the new listeners uh, or some of the current listeners uh, to a few years ago, I had a radio show called Man vs. Movies which uh, then kind of morphed into the Tuesday Review, um, and Callum and Nathan kind of joined me on that journey. Um, so, the original Star Wars special, which you're about to hear, was recorded back in December 2016 and was episode 8 of Man vs. Movie. So, I was still new to radio um And, you know, the the audio quality might not be the same as it is now. And my presentation abilities might not be the same. A lot of time uh, constraints. Yeah. and uh, P's got through, I'm sure. Yeah, a lot of Pops. Um, uh, This was Callum and Nathan's first time on the radio. um, This first time I had him on the show. Trial by fire. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, we were live at the time. So, a lot of constraints, a lot of fast talking, trying to, you know, beat the deadline. A lot of notes. Yeah. uh, yeah, I had stacks and stacks of notes. You'll hear that I go to ad breaks during the show. And then, I you know, I play music, uh, which I've cut out, obviously. um, And that we get texts on the text line to the radio. So, I'll mention a few things that don't really come up in the Tuesday review anymore. Um, So, we start the show talking about Rogue One, which had just come out at the time. Um, and because we're live on now, I did a non-spoiler review. Um, so I talk, uh, talk, uh, we talk around a lot of things. We don't, you know, but at, at, now, at this point, everyone's seen the film, so you kind of get what I'm getting at. Um, but we kind of skip over a few things uh, that I uh, think were important, like you know, Tarkin and. Leia's weird CGI face and uh, that fucking squid that I really hate And uh, <laughs> the Vader scene at the end where he's killing all the guys that everyone loves And I was just like, yeah, it's cool, but it doesn't mean anything It's kind of,
2: you know It doesn't fix anything Yeah,
0: um, I think like I went because it was, you know, one of my first times on the radio And I was trying to get a listener base and I didn't want to scare everyone off So I was kind of, I, was, I went very easy on Rogue One But I really, really hate it It's a really bad movie um, especially now that you know, Last Jedi has come out and people kind of reappreciate it and saying it's actually one of the better Star Wars yeah, people, movies.
1: People consider Rogue One to be like one of the best. Yeah,
0: and it's oh. it's truly a terrible, terrible, terrible film. So I went pretty easy on it, but you know, it's it's really bad. Um, then we go into full steam ahead with Force Awakens, and I just completely lay into that movie, which I really hate. And yeah, we talk a lot about it, and uh, but I only barely scratched the surface because, like I said, I had all these notes and didn't get a yep. lot of time to talk about and it.
2: And we were considerably less chill.
0: Yeah, we, we had yeah we had less experience and less, were less time, chilled. less yeah. experience. Um, but I think it's important that uh, people listen to this for for context for our upcoming Rise of Skywalker review, especially with JJ Abrams returning. Um, and so you know, I thought it, it'd be a good idea to re-upload these old episodes so people can. Um, yeah, give them a listen and uh, kind of you know delve um, into why we complain about Star Wars. It's not we're, we're not just whinging neckbeards. It's like we actually deeply care and and uh, yeah. And
1: this way we don't have to say oh if you listen to X episode we yeah like, we don't have to keep referring backwards exactly, go yeah. on ahead assuming yeah. And I plan to yeah. have the, the knowledge. I already. plan to
0: upload this you know just before uh, Rise of Skywalker yep. so people if they want they can listen to the whole They're like catch Star up, Wars yeah. star, so our,
2: our own Star Wars review saga. And um I wouldn't necessarily tell people not to listen at 1.5 times speed. Oh look, if you
0: want to listen to it on 1.5, I'd recommend that because uh we, we, we do go on for a I do I do ramble on for a long time. But I like I said, like their presentation might not be that good, our you know, we might not be that experienced, but, but the, absorb the information. The con- yeah, the content is really, really important, and that's why I wanted to re upload these Um, I think what we say is really important and uh, really informs why we talk about Star Wars the way we do on the Tuesday Review.
2: Definitely. Look, it it is a bit rough, but nothing we say in those episodes uh, that James will upload is wrong.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: You know, we might not have all the information that we have now. Yeah,
0: I might not not have the best composure, but what I'm saying is actually really, really... uh, It still
2: mostly holds up after all these years even though now we have more information that we didn't back then
0: well yeah like in this episode we we didn't ever know the last Jedi was going to be called that so we were just calling it episode 8 Star Wars episode 8 so yeah I hope you enjoy this episode thanks for listening and sound the alarm Welcome to the Man vs. Movie Star Wars special with me, James. On tonight's show, I'll be reviewing Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, the first in Disney's line of uh, Star Wars spin-offs. Later in the show, we'll also be talking about The Force Awakens, theories about what will happen in Episode 8, the future of the Star Wars franchise in general, the original trilogy and much more. Um, I'm joined in the studio by my good friends Nathan and Callum. Thanks for coming in, guys. No problem. Thank you. Um, it's gonna be a pretty, pretty hectic night. A lot of ranting from from my end. I, I know, I know. I'm, I'm. A, I get, I take this very, very seriously. I'm a massive, massive Star Wars fan. I, I call myself a Star Wars purist. I only watch the, I only like the original trilogy, the theatrical versions. Uh, I refuse to acknowledge the special editions. Uh, or the prequels. I didn't like Force Awakens at all, which we'll talk about later in the show. And also um I've I've been burned so many times because of, you know the various uh uh you know the prequels and the special editions. So I'm like at this point I'm just kind of I've turned to the dark side. I've had enough. And uh you know as they say no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. So uh, I you know Yeah, I'm I'm going to get I'm going to get a bit mad. Um, do, what's your guys' history with Star Wars? You you you're into it a lot, or massive fans? I guess we'll we've got a lot to get through, so I guess I guess we'll jump jump straight in. Um, I'll you know get rid of some of the uh, technical information out of the way first. Um, this will uh, for Rogue One. Um, this will be, I guess a m- no spoilers for Rogue One, but you know we might might give away some small, um, plot details. And you know, who you know, a couple of character details. Nothing to um not give a much give them too much away.
2: But it's also hard not to spoil some of it, because it's like if you've watched episode four, right at the start, it sort of gives a whole lot of the movie away anyway.
0: That's true too. I mean, if you've if you've seen the first Star Wars, if you read the opening crawl, that's this movie. Um it also it'd also be hard to talk about this movie. Without spoiling it, because you know I didn't like a lot of aspects that to talk about would spoil. So I mean, we'll try, we'll try and not uh, spoil it for anyone. But if you haven't seen it, um, you know, maybe tune out, tune in a bit later. We'll be talking about the Force Awakens and and the original movies. Um, but you know, for now, I think my major problem with this movie, I mean, people will love it. Because it's Star Wars that's that's kind of the rule of thumb um, so I think my major problem is um, it's not a story that needed to be told like I said the the whole movie is pretty much just the opening crawl of the original Star Wars yeah
2: it, yeah it's like that sort of when you saw episode four for the first time it, was, it added mystery it's like what do they go through you don't know and then it's like they're taking these spin-off movies and they're sort of they're just, just telling you, into the mysteries of the saga yeah
0: it's like no one needed to see how little Anakin became Darth Vader. No one wanted to see that. No one needed to see that. It wasn't important. And similarly with this movie, although it's known nowhere near as bad as the prequels, um, similarly, it's just we don't need to know how they got the Death Star plans. Well, it's, wait
1: till the Heart Solo film, then you'll be complaining.
0: Um, yeah, uh, that that's going to be annoying. I mean... How Han Met Chewie. I mean, who cares, really? Honestly, it's not. We don't need it. Um, I will read you the opening crawl of A New Hope right now. And this is the movie. This is the movie, Beat for Beat. It is a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil galactic empire. During the battle, rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an armored space station with enough firepower to destroy an entire planet. Pursued by the empire's sinister agents, Princess Leia races home aboard her starship, custodian of the stolen plans. That can save her people and restore freedom to the galaxy that is rogue one in a nutshell there's no there's nothing in the movie for me that for me let like need, the story didn't need to be told i didn't find any connection with the characters um i didn't really feel like there was any new information that was shocking or anything like that. Um, what did you guys feel
2: i mean i I liked it as much as you can like a boring Star Wars movie in aspects. Yeah. It's like, as you said, you didn't need to be told. Everyone knows what's going to happen. It's like, they steal the Death Star plans, it's a suicide mission, all that was given away in the trailer, and if you've already seen 4, you know that already. So it's like, it didn't... Exactly. It's, it's
0: the problem with prequels in general. Um, we don't need to know. We we don't need to know how this these things started. Callum, did you like the movie?
1: I did like it. Uh, but... I'm easy, though. You know, I love Star Wars. I read the books. I read the comics. I watch the films. Apart from the prequels, I pretty much like them all.
0: Yeah. So, you're, I think you're this uh, movie's target audience. It's like people who love Star Wars and just kind of want to soak it all in.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's me.
0: Yeah. I think I think people, like I said, people will like this film. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad film. Um, it's just that, personally, I just I didn't feel any connection to it. And as being a huge Star Wars fan, you know, you should feel that connection.
1: It's not perfect. Um, but it'd be very hard to achieve the greatness of the originals.
0: Yeah. I also think, like, not only is the movie movie predictable because you know where it ends up, obviously this movie ends exactly where A New Hope starts, but I also found it predictable in the beats within the actual film itself.
2: It's 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 storytelling by numbers.
0: Yeah, it's it's very. You, if you've seen this movie before a million times, except this time it's Star Wars. You know, it's not it's not new. Uh, the characters, none of the characters stood out. None of the you know the plot. The plot's really really simple. Um, for me, the the characters felt um almost superfluous. So it's like you could pluck them out one by one, and the story wouldn't fall apart. They're tropes. Yeah, I mean each character. This there was too many characters for one. There's like ten, and I didn't really connect to any one of them, and uh, it kind of lacks focus. You, there should have been a core group like in the original movies. Um, so you know, I didn't I didn't really like that. I also, they didn't really any have any backstory. Like you never really given any mm. extra information, yeah. um, except Jin, who's the main character. Um, you know, you see her. I guess motivation. But after that scene, it's like her development pretty much stops. It's quite shallow. Yeah, it's a very a very shallow sort of character development. Um, also, uh, Felicity Jones was very flat in this movie. She kind of just says her lines.
2: It's, it's a great Star Wars prequel tradition of wooden acting.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, it's just it's disappointing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure if the character was better written, she would do a much better yeah. job.
2: It's not quite as bad as Hayden Christensen.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not prequel levels, you know. It's not that bad, but it's also... Yeah, it's not... It wasn't... Her, just, just very flat, I found. You know, she just says things very um, perfunctory. It's like, here is the line. And I didn't get much out of, out of... Anything else out of that. I also found her character didn't really do anything. She kind of just stumbles into the middle of this rebel plot after that i mean nothing yeah. she doesn't do anything substantial yeah.
2: it's like she falls into it and mads mickelson was disappointing that that's She's true like one too of the best talents right uh, now
0: yeah we've talked about him on this show before and he's one of my favorites and he just his character given no real uh development he's his sort of development and suffering happens off screen so he's like introduced at the start you don't see him for about another hour and then it's like he shows up, and he's that's it. Like his development ends. He's There's someone,
1: no. He's someone they put in just to uh, attract audiences. He he doesn't really have. I don't too much think
0: of that purpose. it's like they just they needed a a motivation for Jin, but the way the story unfolds, it doesn't really work out that way. I don't think. So it's like if if she sort of she doesn't even know he's alive. Her father's alive, and it's kind of like. She 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 just kind of goes on this. She gets like we said. She gets sort of caught up in this adventure, and she doesn't um, you know realize you know he's even a part of it. And then she kind of stumbles across him, and then that's it. And it's like there's no development between. There's no development of the relationship or anything like that. She's not striving to find him or anything like that.
2: Yeah, it's like almost seems to be sort of straddling the line of like if they weren't rewrites, it would almost be a revenge film. Yeah, I mean... Like, a, like a Vengeance?
0: That would have been interesting. Um, we just got a text. It says, no. I don't know who that's from, but I don't know if 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 that's referring to something. <laughs> Hopefully nothing we did. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we'll go to a quick break. Um, I'm going to play the Cantina Band song. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll go to a quick break and then play the song and we'll be back with more Rogue One and then uh, Force Awakens. Hey hey, 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 It's the Man versus Movie, Star Wars Special. Um, we just got a text. I don't know who it's from. He says, uh, we're being very harsh. Um, yes, true, um, but only because I love Star Wars so much, and I'm sad to see it turned into a like Marvel movie factory, like just churning out movies, one by you know one a year, maybe two, two a year. We don't know how much Disney is going to go. We're going to get one of these spin-offs. Every second year. So, last year was uh, Episode 7. This year is Rogue One, the first spin-off. Next year is Episode 8. The year after is the Han Solo spin-off, which we don't know how that's going to turn out. Year after that, Episode 9. Year after that, another spin-off. You know, maybe Boba Fett or Yoda, whatever. You know, year after that, Episode 10. So, it's just going to keep going. And if the movies stay at this kind of level... I mean if if they if 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 they're all as bad as Rogue One that that's okay. If they get any worse that's it. Like <laughs> but I think the problem is they're no longer trying to make great movies. They're just trying to churn out the quick blockbusters, yeah, the quick yeah, blockbusters. As yeah. good as
2: as good as Disney is for Marvel. It was always the risk Star Wars is a bit more special. A bit yeah. more sort of like the magic, yeah, it all happens off-screen. And then when they're putting in the Disney Marvel sort of making machine. Yeah. And it's like you you strip a lot of the greatness off it.
0: That's a good point, too. It's like if you screw up Captain America, people are going to get a bit mad. If you screw up Star Wars, people will murder you. (laughs) So, it's kind (laughs) of like. So, in terms of characters, we talked about Jin. She just kind of sleepwalks through the film. Um, Forrest Whitaker, a great actor. His character is completely wasted. He plays a character named Saul Guerrera, who apparently appeared in the Clone Wars uh, animated series, but I haven't seen that. Um, he leads a sort of band of like fanatical r- religious um, like religious terrorists. Political extremists. Yeah, extremists. So they're like too extreme for the rebels. They fight against the Empire using any means necessary, and they're even too extreme for the rebels. So they're kind of an outside uh, outfit which is really interesting, but they never delve into that. They just kind of say that, and then you never really explore that at all. And his character is an important character because he raises Jin uh, after she loses her family. Um, And it's kind of like, but you never see any of that on screen. And when they do come back together, they have a quick exchange of words, and then you never see him again. And it's kind of like they completely drop not only the interesting extremists' plot, but also the relationship development between those two characters. So you can imagine if Luke met, you know, if um Obi-Wan saved Luke from the sand people and then was like, okay, bye. <laughs> uh, like you can imagine like it's not you know, it's not that extreme, but you know, it's quite quite similar. I also found um Saul Guerrero's character to have similarities to Darth Vader. He he has he has robotic uh cyborg parts. He uses a breather to help him breathe. But they never explore that either. It's like, I would have liked a bit more like...
2: To be fair, I think yeah, it was mostly maybe more of an Easter egg for like Clone Wars fans. Probably delves more into that Maybe, TV and I
0: think that's a problem with these movies. The Force Awakens has this problem too. It's like, I shouldn't have to watch the cartoons and read all the books to enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might help, but it's like... It's not... It shouldn't be a required... required uh, thing to do
1: the original saga handled it very well by having the films as the entry point yeah and then books came after you didn't need there was no prior reading necessary exactly the, the books the, the are extra
0: films. for fans of the film it's like you can watch you can watch empire strikes back without having seen the original star wars and get what's going on um you you, you don't have to read anything you don't even have to watch the other films i think even maybe return of the jedi you can pretty much get what's going on without seeing that too I'm not saying you should do that but I'm saying if someone's coming to Star Wars and just sees Return of the Jedi I think the way it builds up they sort of get what's going on Um,
2: yeah the crawl helps
0: the crawl is an integral part as well and you know you don't have to go outside so that's a problem I have with these movies we'll talk about Force Awakens later as well Um, who else? Mads Mikkelsen we talked about wasted his talent's wasted Ben Mendelsohn he's a Phenomenal actor I,
2: I found it a bit lazy Now traditionally the Imperials have that sort of posh upper class English sort of accent yeah. colonial And he's just like I don't even care Yeah, he's an Australian I think accent He's like the Americans aren't going to know the difference That's what
0: I love about Ben Mendelsohn's <laughs> acting He's so like natural and he, he just doesn't really His character he doesn't really care And that's the problem I had with it It's <laughs> like he's supposed to be this You know the, he's the guy in charge of the uh, construction of the first Death Star and he's just like, yeah, whatever, man. I'm just gonna. I'm here for my paycheck. Yeah, so like, I'm here for my paycheck. I'm gonna kill some rebels, get them out of my way, whatever, man. And I feel like he's almost too natural for a Star Wars movie. He should have been more theatrical. Yeah. Um, I know that's kind yeah. of a nitpick, but um, oh, the uh, the texts were from Vlado from uh, It's Not Rocket Surgery. So I think he loved the film. He said he said his favorite character was K2SO, which is an interesting choice. It was um, a called Sassbot. Yeah, Sasbot. Yeah, he's a, he's a. I think he'll be a fan fav- favorite. Um Yeah. No. If if you don't like our harsh reviews, wait till we get to the Force Awakens because that's <laughs> that's uh, that's going to be fun. It's going to get brutal. It's going <laughs> to get brutal. Um, but we will talk about the originals, which I do love dearly, and and I'll explain why they are so great and why the the newer films don't live up to them. And there's a reason I don't like the new films. It's not because I'm I'm like a, a hard ass. It's because the, the first the originals are so important to me um, so then there's Cassian who's like uh, the Han Solo ripoff I guess he doesn't have really any development at all the rogue he's the rogue um, you know he, he's uh, plays by his own rules you know kind of a cowboy um, doesn't really do anything doesn't have any development doesn't have any backstory <laughs> <laughs> Um this is my problem with the film. All these characters, you can pluck them straight out of the film. You wouldn't miss them. K2SO, like we mentioned before, he, he's an he's a, uh, Imperial droid that's been reprogrammed to uh, fight with the Rebels.
1: There's a story there. They yeah. Could, they could have built on that.
0: That, that would have been cool. Um, I like his design. He looks really cool. He's played by Alan Tudyk, who's a great actor. Um, is a guy from Firefly? Yeah, uh, Wash from Firefly. Yeah. He also played Sonny the robot in iRobot. So, I don't know. This guy's got to think for robots. But, I mean, he's really good. Um, he also pl- he also did the motion capture, not just the voice. So, he actually performed as K2SO on the set.
2: Should have had him in a suit instead.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's my problem. is I understand that K2SO is not a character you can play... Like with an actor in a suit Because of his proportions and his size So I understand when he's walking and running And doing, doing action You have to use CGI But I felt there was a lot of points where he's just sitting In the, in the cockpit Like of the, of the ship And you just see his like tor- Upper torso I'm like he could have been anim- animatronic That would have been really cool And it would have you know felt more real The reason Jurassic Park holds up Is because they only use CGI in about 15 shots Otherwise all the dinosaurs are practical. They always use animatronics whenever yeah. they can.
2: Yeah, it's like that short-sighted thinking of the CGI looks better now. In but yeah. It, usually like you'll find that in the, less than the, the 6 months, yeah, yeah, the animatronics hold up longer. It's, like it doesn't look as impressive right now. It's like
0: when Avatar Avatar came out, I was like, "Oh, this is the best-looking thing we've ever seen." And not even 6 months later, it looked like a video game, like it didn't look good. And if you watch it now, it's Bloody terrible, Um, and it's the same thing. They cram all the CGI in. um, Whether it's easier, I don't know. But it's just, I didn't feel like it. They 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 obviously put so much time and effort into this movie. They could have gone that extra bit. You know, JJ Abrams kept saying, "Oh, we're using practical effects here. We're using practical effects. You know, it's going to be like the originals." but then you watch the movie and there's just CGI crap everywhere and it just looks ugly. We'll get into that later. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> um, you know, people aren't going to like me after this show. Um, disagreeing with 90% of what you're saying so far. Um, need you to come on for a debate on It's Not Rocket Surgery. Deal. Done. That was Vlado. Uh, he, he, he's completely uh, against what I'm saying. But like I said, I I only do it because I love Star Wars. I only hurt you, Vlado, because I love Star <laughs> Wars. <laughs> um, also, K K Two S O is basically the uh, comic relief. I guess I'd call him. Yeah. I don't really find him that funny, except for a few really, really Maybe good bits. Yeah, I he's felt like one-liners. yeah, I felt like Tars from Interstellar was a much better sort of uh, sort of humor uh, character. Um, And also, the design of Tars is amazing, which we won't get into, because then I'll be talking about Interstellar for another hour. Um, I'm just going through the motions here. I'm just talking about all the stuff I didn't like. Let's talk about the stuff I did like. The costume design is really, really good in this movie. The jackets are really nice. I love a good Star Wars jacket. Um, (laughs) Puffy leather. (laughs) Yeah. um, Vlado's laughing. Thank you, Vlado. I, I don't want you to hate me. Um... Yeah, there's some really good jackets, um, you know, just really good costume design overall. They do a good job of recreating the look of the original Star Wars movies. Um, it's a bit gritty. Yeah, it's more gritty. Um, not, not everything's so shiny like the prequels. I also really like the... Oh, Vlado, he said, I love you too. Thank you, Vlado. Um and the I thought the set design was really nice. They did a re- really good job of recreating like the rebel bases and the bit where they go undercover in the uh, imperial base on Scarif. That set was really really nice too.
2: Yeah. Um. Was it the the rebel base where they're at is like the same location? Yeah. It's in, the Yavin Four. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same set location too.
0: Yeah. They they did a really good job of recreating that. I think and that's the best aspect of this movie. They did a good job of um you know recreating the originals and 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 doing stuff like that oh we forgot donnie yen oh, oh good. the forces with me <laughs> i'm with the force <laughs> the force is with me and i'm what was it i'm, I'm one
2: with,
0: with the force yeah i'm force is with me. i'm the force the force is with me or something yeah. like that. i'm one with the force the force is with me Yeah, Callum's right um yeah his character is i guess uh uh I guess the blind swordsman from every kung fu and samurai movie. Um but he he's like I guess force sensitive. He's not a Jedi but he he sort of taps into the um the um He can feel the force. He yeah, can't wield it. Yeah. He's uh open to it, you know, and he, he he does uh you know utilize it. Um his fight scenes Donnie Yen's a you know great kung fu um practitioner. Um but I felt like I didn't like the way this film was shot the action scenes were that typical you know I've mentioned on the show many times before typical you know cut 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 angle change angle change angle change a bit, not shaky camber a bit of handheld stuff and the the movie also is quite dark the the lighting and stuff so I just I didn't like his action the way his action scenes were shot um you know it would have been better you know if they if they really did some really good sort of Hong Kong-style locked-off camera angles and stuff like that. Um, the reason the Matrix movies look so good, you know, the fight scenes, is because they filmed it in the sort of Hong Kong way of, um, you know, fighting, shooting shooting fight scenes. Um, what did you guys... What I mean, any standout good things for you? Um,
2: yeah, I... I, I... Approved of the tone overall. of the movie was a bit darker, a yeah, grittier, sort of okay. the feel was like, I guess maybe the original trilogy. It was a bit sort a bit of darker. A bit bit darker, bit darker, yeah. I didn't like the sort of obviously it's all happy and shiny in the originals, uh, the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Sorry, um, yeah. It was, well, even
0: the prequels kind of were kind of a bummer because they have to end sadly before you get to. Yeah. But yeah, I understand it's all, what you're it's all saying. Shiny palace, yeah, it's all like, shiny, yeah,
1: and sand. I, um, that we don't like. Yeah, we don't like sand. <laughs>
0: it's too sandy. <laughs>
1: um, I liked the, as you said, the set design was good. Yeah. Um, I like the whole thing. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, you're,
0: you're an you're an easy uh, easy please. <laughs> um, what else? I mean, I could talk about. I like. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but I will say there is a character played by an actor who has been dead for twenty years. They decided to bring him back using a creepy CGI face. I hated it. It was distracting. Yeah. <laughs> it did not look good. I didn't like it. I man. couldn't suspend my disbelief at any no. point.
2: Yeah, but th- that was yeah, that was just weird because it's like everyone else is being played by real people, and yeah. they have that one CGI. Yeah, character it looks like a Pixar character like, right not, in the middle of. It's like I don't want to spoil anything, but it, it's not what you would consider normal in a CGI for Star Wars.
0: Yeah. I think it's, it was unnecessary. His character could have been cut out or at least worked around in a way that you didn't have to use him reference, so much. Yeah,
2: reference him off screen. Yeah.
0: Also, the problem I have is, like, they they shoot this character straight on and he has long, lengthy dialogue scenes and it's kind of, like, it's really distracting. Like, you can't, you can't, like, pass that off as, oh, you know, it's a bit bit no it's not too realistic but i can get over it it's like really distracting
2: yeah that was one of the more distracting moments i also didn't like the the space battle at the end i felt like if you watch the original trilogy it's like they use they have those miniature figurine spaceships yeah well, i felt when i was watching it i felt like it was like I'm, I'm watching the original trilogy and they've got those toys and they're smashing them together on camera yeah i guess the cgi um
0: they did do a uh a, I guess they did. They try to make it look more like the model work of the original.
2: Yeah, I did. I didn't really like that. I think that was necessary for the time, mm. but you can make it look better now. You don't have to think you're pleasing fans yeah. by recalling the dodgy special effects they had to use back in the day.
0: Well, personally, I think the original special effects, although you know some of them aren't as good, good as they used to be, they um they they do stand up very well. And I did talk about last week how you know films that came out around the same time, like Logan's Run. It's like they they looked really cheesy and the special effects are terrible and it makes you appreciate how good the original Star Wars was. When it comes to me, I prefer bad model work over good CGI cuz I just do not like CGI. It doesn't look real. I mean, they overuse it. It's expensive. It's 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 more expensive than practical effects, I'd say, mm-hmm. um, or at yeah. least the same amount. So, yeah,
2: I mean, you can reuse you can reuse a puppet costume.
0: That's the thing, you can reuse it and I mean when you make a practical effect you have to be precise. When you CGI it's like, I'll oh, just do it, you know? And also with CGI it's like they work on it, they work on it, work on it. And if it's not right they have to like tear it all down, start again. Practical effect, you have to get it right the first time. There's no there's no stuffing around. So I think to me to me I'd rather I'd rather Muppets than you know motion capture you know oh, yeah.
2: jim henson all the way <laughs> exactly
0: um what else i didn't like they jumped around from planet to planet and you know they had the big planet names uh up on the screen they've never done that in star wars before i didn't think it was necessary um i know it wasn't uh you know i know this is the spin-off it's supposed to be a bit different but just kind of distracting and I'm like you could have just said the name of the planet in one of the dialogue scenes that comes right before, or right after people would have got it. That's what they do in the originals. Yeah. And they jump around a lot from planet to planet, especially in the first half of the film, without anything really substantial happening at each planet. Like the original film, there's only like two planets. There's Tatooine and Yavin. And in the middle there's Death Star, which I guess is which I guess is like a metal planet. And, you know, other than that, the, the reason the movie's so good is because the world building and the language and, and, you know, the way the characters move from place to yeah, place. Yeah, they take,
2: they take a minute.
0: Yeah, they take their time and at each location and something substantial happens at each location. In this movie, there's like 10 planets in the first half an hour and they're just jumping back and forth, jumping around. It's like, I don't care. Like, nothing, nothing's going on here. Um, nothing's important. Um, nothing really matters in this film. I think that's the problem. <laughs> Um, I didn't like... I felt like all the... You know, there's like I said, there's like 10 main characters. They're all human. I'm like, except maybe K2SO. So I'm like, why wasn't there alien rebels? Yes, there are alien rebels in the background. But there should have been a main character who was an alien. That would have been fun. I also didn't like any of the rebel aliens. They look stupid. There was like a little um, midget alien with a machine gun... And a big uh, furry white Wookiee, sort of, but not a Wookiee, yeah. you know, with a machine gun. Yeah,
2: that miniature alien. He's not an Ewok, yeah. but he's close. He's
0: a little cute guy, but he has a machine gun. He's Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and there's like a lizard guy. And I'm just like, uh, it's just...
2: like, so just wait for the Guardians of the Galaxy in Star Wars crossover. It's going to happen. The,
0: oh, that at least would be a bit of fun. That would be a bit of humor in there. This film, I felt, was pretty humorless. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, it's very dark and greedy. I don't think it really fits in with the, um, the sort of overall Star Wars vibe. Uh, we have to go to another break. I'm going to play Ben Kenobi's Death and the TIE Fighter Attack. So this is from the original film, um, John Williams' score. Uh, we'll be back right after this. We're back with the Man Vs. Movie Star Wars special. Before the break, I was giving it to uh, Rogue One. <laughs> um what uh, what i wanted to say was um there were too many references in this film like it was like hey remember this guy hey look it's Artu. hey remember this guy hey look it's blue milk i'm just like just we get it we're star wars fans and i know people love that stuff callum i'm sure you love that stuff <laughs>
2: No, no, I didn't... Yeah,
0: it was too much, right?
2: I didn't... Yeah, Yeah, I didn't appreciate it. one or two is good. The only one I liked was when they're in that sort of city scene. The street with the guys. The the street scene. And there was that character from... Oh, no, I hated that. The original. That's the only one I liked.
0: Dr. Cornelius and, um... Dr. Everson and, um... Ponda Baba. <laughs> they're guys who pick on Luke at the yeah, cantina. It's like a... they just happen to bump into gin and try to start it's a fight. Like
2: I did chuckle at that. I don't know why they're there. I, just,
0: I face palmed I'm like, really? Like, this is uh, too much. It's just
2: an obvious sort of, here's an Easter egg. Yeah. But I chuckled.
0: There's just so many Easter eggs. They're not even Easter eggs because they're so blatant and in your face. You don't even have to know what they are. They're not subtle. I also felt that like there was so much repetition of like lines from the original movie. Like a lot of characters say lines that they said in the original movie, or that other characters would say in the original movie. Um, And there's just it's too many. Like they one or two would have been fine. Blue milk, yeah, whatever. And then from Blue Milk onwards, it's just it's like every scene has. Is just packed with different different referen- references. Um, there's even like they talk, you know, a couple of storm stormtroopers talk about, you know, the T fifteen. I mean, one of the characters even says it's a trap. I'm like, Re-, <laughs> like honestly, like there's too many, um, and I feel like people people get all uh, wrapped up in the references, and they're not even thinking about the the movie itself, and yeah. they're applaud- you know, they're applauding the funny reference but they're not even thinking about the new material in there. And I think that's kind of the problem, is the new material no one cares about, but it's like it's, a, it's the references that are the fun part.
2: Yeah, Disney marketing by numbers. It's, yeah, like, it's, it's like generic characters, tick. Mm-hmm. Um, Easter eggs or references to what we all know and love already, yeah. tick.
0: I think one of the references I did like, and I would consider this an Easter egg because it's not in your face, is that Donnie Yen's character is referred to as a guardian of the wills. Now, if you know the uh, when George Lucas was writing the original script of Star Wars in the early '70s, you know the early drafts. He um, he was writing it as if it was being written as like an ancient ancient like form of text, um, written in the journal something called the Journal of the Wills, which was um, written by these mysterious ancient characters and passed down through generations. And the first book of this journal was called the Star Wars, and that's what. The movie mm-hmm. we see, so I thought that was cool that his character mm-hmm. is a guardian of the will. So it's like some sort of, you know, ancient, uh, mysterious Jedi order or something like that. Um, and Callum, you were saying like you would have liked to see more of Donnie An's character. I think his name's Chirrut Imwe. His character, w- more of his backstory that would have been way cooler.
1: Yeah, there's gluing references to it. He's got like the lightsaber hilt on the end of his staff.
0: Yeah, and I mean that's the stuff that i wanted to see in the movie they they refer to things in the movie that should have been on screen and they just kind of gloss over it and then the rest of the boring movie happens whereas all the cool backstory stuff is the stuff
2: i want to know about exactly you can see the potential Mm. but they're just like no um we have to go to the next scene now and it's going to be another action scene
0: exactly um i think i've Crapped on this movie enough. I've got heaps more to say, but I'm getting into like massive spoiler territory. Oh, I did really like the Death Troopers, the Black stormtroopers that are Director Krennic's like personal guard. They were really cool. I really like that design. The design of this movie is much better than the Force Awakens, which I thought looked really ugly. Um, I also like the U-wing, the sort of uh, spaceship they use. That look that looked like something that would have been in the original trilogy. Um, so there is some nice design, you know. Like I said, nice, um, nice costume design and and uh, set design as well.
2: Yeah, the worlds look really nice. It's just just they ruined it with all the CGI.
0: The thing is, is like when Pete, when when JJ Abrams made Force Awakens, and when this movie is directed by Gareth Edwards, who did Godzilla, the New Godzilla, which I didn't like um, either. When they make this movie, they say they they think that Star Wars is cool because of the lasers and the spaceships. Star Wars, the reason Star Wars is stuck around and is so important is not because of the lasers and the spaceships. It's because of the story and the characters. If the story and the characters were terrible, no one, you know, Star Wars wouldn't be so important like it is now. So when they make these movies, they're like, "Hey, it's ATSTs. Hey, it's ATATs. Hey, it's um, okay. X-wings. No, it's ATATs. Because <laughs> you can't say you can't say at sit for the ATST, that's all right save this debate right. for another show <laughs> we'll, we'll take up the next hour debating <laughs> on Star Wars terminology but that's that's my point it's like hey look it's x-wings hey look it's tie fighters it's like yeah that's cool we want to see that but where's the story where's the characters that's the that's the important part that's the part that grounds and brings all your stuff together one thing before we move on blue leader's mustache was dope
2: <laughs> <laughs> and i'm that was, was that not original Episode 4 material? No, no, no. I'm not, re- I'm not
0: talking about that. Uh, that's uh, Red Leader and Gold Leader were taken... Like, footage was taken from the original oh, okay. movie and, like... I knew, there
2: was, I knew one of them was taken and that, from yeah, the
0: original. Yeah, that that was, like... Because people, people love that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's too far. Like, I understand they were probably there at that time. It makes sense. But I'm like, with all the other Easter eggs, you know, and all the other bad stuff that I've been talking about, it's like... And then you're ripping literal pieces out of the original film and putting them on think screen.
2: Is that the same actor that plays um, one of the priests in the new Exorcist TV show? It might be. I don't know. We'll think look he, it up later is. on. Um,
0: yeah, no, but Blue Leader is a, a new character... Um, I think his name is General Merrick, played by Ben Daniels. I wrote it down because he's got a dope mustache. And I'm like, that guy looks like an X-Wing pilot. He looks like you know a 1977 Star Wars X-Wing pilot. (laughs) I wanted to see his story. And that brings me to another point. When they announced this movie and they just announced the title, Rogue One, I thought it was going to be about the beginning of the Rogue Squadron would have been a much which is movie. the x-wing uh group of x-wing fighters that the rebel fighters like that, Wedge Antilles, and yeah and so led by wedge and it's like that's the movie i want to see where's that movie and
2: you want to see top gun in space that's what we want that's stuff like that it's like
0: yeah i mean the original films have such great like uh, dog between the between the x-wings and tie fighters it's like that's what i want and it's like and and at the movie we get heaps of x-wings just flying around and but, I mean, we don't, we don't know anything about the characters, so we don't care. I didn't, personally, I didn't care about the end battle because there's just heaps of stuff flying around and, you know, I'm not emotionally invested in it. Um, so, apparently, this movie also went through some pretty big reshoots. Um, it was too dark. Yeah, apparently, there's a rumor that it was too dark and Disney wanted to add some light of, you know, humor yeah. and stuff.
2: I think in some scenes you can kind of tell yeah some, like there'll be some moments that it's like really vicious and then another moment it be like oh here's some jokes yeah it's not like
0: it's not overly jarring though you know as much as i didn't like this film i didn't find like oh that's a reshoot bit that's a reshoot bit i couldn't you know i couldn't yeah. really
2: they blended it really well it's
0: pretty well blended what I, what i thought was interesting though is like if you watch the original trailers that came out like a year ago or whatever there's a lot a lot of footage that wasn't in the final film and it's a lot of interesting footage that kind of points towards a film that would have been, I think, uh, quite a bit different. And I think a bit better. Like, it seems... I heard a rumour that um, Jin was originally more of, like, a cocky character, like a rogue, um, you know, quote-unquote rogue character. You know, more more of a prickly personality. And that they, they sort of reshot it to change her character to be more sympathetic, which I thought was a mistake. Like, you wanted her to be a bit of a badass, and she ends up, you know, just being...
2: Yeah, people don't like Han Solo because he's sympathetic. Exactly, people, people like him because he's like—you're not sure if he's—he cares about you yeah, or not. He's, he's a like, bit of a dick. He's in it. <laughs> he's like a James, you know, yeah. James Bond. He's like yeah, a bit. He's like in it for himself as much as he is the rebel cause. Yeah, and his
0: character grows over time, becomes you yeah. know more soft to that sort of stuff. Also, originally, apparently, she sort of finds out her father is alive and sort of joins the rebels to to find him. And I think that's more interesting. It gives her character more agency and more motivation. Because in the film that we get, it's like she just kind of stumbles in it, and they're like, "Yeah, we we can put you in prison, or you can sort of go find your dad, maybe." And she's like, "Yeah, oh, all right, I guess." And then she's like, "Oh, I found my dad. All right, I'm bye. I'm going." And she just like, "I don't care. She doesn't care. No one cares." I'm like, "Ugh." Um, it also would have been better if this movie was like a spy movie. Um, yeah. In the trailer, you see them dressed up uh, in a, imperial costumes and like infiltrating the base. And I thought that was going to be a part of the movie. I,
2: I think maybe they wanted to hold off on that because aren't they billing the Han Solo um, spin-off film as a heist movie? Oh. Well, that's what I've read online. So I'm thinking maybe they want to bill this as so much of an espionage or a spy movie because they, they've already got the next one built up as a spy movie yeah. like, or a heist sort of film.
0: It would have been much better, though, because even in the original opening crawl of the original film, it says Rebel Spies. Yeah,
2: I think maybe you should have done it the other way around and have Han Solo something with Han Solo it's should have like,
0: been like a cowboy movie yeah, or something. Yeah, it's
2: already sort of known that like there's, there was espionage involved in getting the plans. It is a spy movie right there on, yeah. Pa- on paper.
0: Yeah. Um, any last thoughts? Um,
2: no, I mean, I said during the break, I enjoyed it as a popcorn movie, but there are a lot of flaws. Yeah it's like i can i certainly in some scenes you could tell that they weren't sure what type of movie they wanted to make yeah i mean it's like everyone's different a lot of people like it some of the listeners like it a lot oh yeah in the studio a lot of um, it's got
0: a lot of positive reviews but i don't think it's for me it doesn't feel like it feels like star wars visually maybe but maybe uh, the tonally not yeah
2: visually it's the set design is fantastic i think some of the cgi was a bit poor yeah too much um I know you weren't too big a fan of the um, CGI and all the puppet usage in Seven, mm. but I appreciate the puppets. I uh, oh, no, 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 at least no, yeah, appreciated the we'll, attempt at We'll the talk about that, yeah. Um, but this was just sort of like last year and they didn't care. Yeah. That put me off it a bit. Yeah. Well, um, look,
1: this is the downside of uh, Disney taking over the franchise. Yeah. Is that uh, they want to churn them out. People like me are going to love the films, but the downside is it will lose some of that soul because it yeah. is now... It's more franchised now than it was under Lucas in a way. Yeah, yeah it's annualized. Um so it, it's not going to be perfect. It's going to lose some of that magic, but you're going to be able to see them all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, people are going to love like I said, if it's got the Star Wars name on it, people are going to love it. Um and I'm you know, I don't want to stop anyone from seeing the film, but you know, personally as someone who holds the original so dear, I just felt like they need to work really hard on on making the good the characters good and the story good, and then they can work on the action scenes and stuff like that Um, we'll go to another break I'm gonna play the Asteroid Field the song that's played during the Asteroid Field chase in uh, Empire Strikes Back um, which is probably my favourite part of that movie it's really cool Uh, we'll be back after this break was it an asteroid? what do you mean? the worm Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) It's not a cave. No, that's what he says. It's not a cave. The cave is collapsing. It's not a cave. Is that what he says? All right. Um, Yeah, we'll go to a break, and then we'll talk about how much I had of Force Awakens. So if you thought I was being harsh on Rogue One, wait till we get to this. I'm going to get mad. (laughs) We're back on the Man vs. Movie Star Wars special. Um, We got a couple of texts during the break. Um, Maddie says, Good discussion. Screw Force Awakens. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and Vlado asked, is Episode 7 worse than the prequels? We'll get into it now. No. But I'll say it is as bad as the prequels, but for different reasons. So I'll get into that. We also got a text from Alam. He says, um, "He Star Wars fans are too hard to please. Um my favorite characters were Sassbot and Donny <laughs> so that's I think that's another problem with this movie. I have no idea what their bloody names are <laughs> Cess, I'll just call him Sassbot and Donnie In. Um so Force awakens. I did not like this movie um Callum again, I liked it. easy to
1: please uh <laughs> I agree it's not perfect you're you're Disney's like favorite no i look I, I liked Star Wars before it was cool. No, yeah. Not really, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's not a perfect film. I like it, and I accept its flaws. Okay. Nathan?
2: Um, yeah, I can, sort of with The Force Awakens, I can understand why they did some of the things they did, but I don't necessarily like it, mm. if you know what I mean. Mm.
0: So, my problem with this movie is it has almost no character development. And almost no, absolutely no world building. So, the movie starts with Rey. You know, she has little motivation. I mean, her parents left her and she's kind of just sticking around waiting for them to come back. Um, She gets sucked up into this, you know, war or whatever. Um, But she's already the most powerful being we've ever seen. She can use the force without ever learning of its existence she can fight with a lightsaber without any training she doesn't need any help from anyone there's absolutely no struggle and at the end of it she hasn't really learned anything i mean she has no real motivation she has no reason to hate kylo ren or the first order they've done nothing to her she just kind of she just kind of she's along for the ride and at the end of it you know she's so powerful where does she have to go from here? Like, yeah. what's Luke going to teach her? <laughs> yeah. Callum Callum says she's gone down. Maybe that's what the second movie about. Like, The Empire Strikes Back was the Dark, you know, the Dark Star Wars movie. Maybe Episode Eight will be The Fall of Rey. Yeah,
2: it's essentially like a character... It's essentially like a character reboot. It's like we're meant to think that Leia is now the Luke. But, yeah. But we haven't got time to show all the training and all the struggle but that Luke, Luke goes through. But Luke... Stro- like, Luke... It took two movies for Luke to uh,
0: use force yeah. to take his lightsaber yeah. out of the snow, and, and even then he struggled. Yeah, and, and Ray does it in one movie without any training. Yeah, and just mind control people. Without struggling, and she's like... she, she also does the um, the mind trick without ever having yeah. learned of its existence, and
1: that's one of the hardest things to do as well.
0: Yeah, and Luke also doesn't do that until the third movie, so it's kind of like. Where's she going from here? She knows everything yeah, without it, having been taught. Yeah,
2: it's like, oh, Disney execs are like, oh, the modern, the modern audience doesn't have patience to see all of this yeah. sort of happen. So let's just have her be kick-ass straight away. Just have her, like, completely in her own power yeah. sort of... Um,
0: but what's great about the original Star Wars is, like, they spend an hour on Tatooine just introducing you to the world and the characters. And, you know, introducing you to Luke and his struggle. It's like, that's what I wanted to see in, in The Force Awakens. Slow down, please. Same with Rogue One. Everyone, There's 10 characters all running around yelling, shooting at each other. We know nothing about them. It's the same this, this. Everyone's running around yelling, and there's CGI stuff flying around. We don't learn anything about anyone. Finn is also a useless character. All his characters. The defecting
1: stormtrooper is a good idea.
0: It's a good idea, poorly executed. All his character development comes in the first five minutes when he decides to switch from stormtrooper to rebel or whatever you want to call it. But after that, he stops developing. Like All he's trying to do is get away, and he's kind of like Ray. He's just along for the ride. He also has no problem with killing his fellow stormtroopers who he was friends with for his whole life like 5 minutes after he decided to switch sides and he even delights in the, in killing them he like yells and and laughs when he's killing these people and like i said it's poorly executed it could have been a story about a stormtrooper who's struggling with his tie. he's been born into this um you know he, he thinks the first order is the only way of life and all of a sudden he realizes they might be the the wrong way and you know he has to struggle with you know defecting i guess but in the movie he just first five minutes switches and that's it now he's like full on board he's killing stormtroopers left and right it's it's crazy i also don't like his character is basically just the the comic relief he's just yelling and joking the whole time there's no I, like i'm not feeling for him
2: the best part of finn is pro dameron's jacket
0: yeah, like I said, Star Wars has some nice jackets. That, that's a bit harsh.
2: <laughs> um,
0: po, speaking of Poe, uh, Oscar Isaac is like my favourite dude ever. So I automatically love Poe. But his character is pointless. Apparently, originally, they were just going to kill him off at the start. But they liked <laughs> him so much, they decided to bring him back. And like I said, like he has no development. We don't know anything about him. He's just instant friends with Finn for no reason. And then he, he, you know, you think he's dead, and he comes back, and it's not a surprise at all because they showed in the trailers. And even if they didn't, <laughs> it wouldn't have been a surprise. And then that's it; like he has no, there's nothing there. There's no reason for him to be there. Like any rebel pilot could have been at the end.
1: I think that the, um, the, you know, I love the film, mm. but the characters were lazy. Yeah, uh, as I said to you before the show, the bad guy, without any spoilers. The bad guy is your no no. Force Awakens will definitely
0: spoil oh, because well, it's been a year and yeah, if people Snoke haven't is, seen Snoke it. Snoke
1: is your general mysterious Sith bad guy. I hated Snoke so. Because much. the the books, the non-canon books, have they have a rich tapestry of characters they could have chosen from. You know, all the they, the groundwork was laid for some fantastic stories, and they just chose generic generic people.
0: That's true, too. It's like they've abandoned all the previous expanded universe and just come up with their own stuff, which is fine. I understand why they did it. But what they replace it with is boring and uninteresting. Um, Alan just sent a message. He said, I think getting kidnapped and taken for brainwashing can make a person hate Kylo Ren and the Empire. I guess he's talking about Rey. um, But Rey doesn't get kidnapped until over halfway through the film. And even then, it's like, why is she so invested in like fighting him and why is he so invested in fight like it's just pointless like at the start at the very start of um the original star wars there's the refusal of the call which is a a thing in stories where the hero refuses to help and then he goes away and reflects upon it and then he decides to come back and and help fight and luke when obi-wan says come with me to alderaan i can teach you um you can be a hero and Luke refuses it, and he goes home. And then uh, he finds out his uh, uncle and aunt have been killed. Spoilers. And that's yeah, spoilers for nineteen seventy-seven. <laughs> and and that's his motivation. He returns and he becomes the hero. Rey wants to stay on Jakku because her parents are going to come back. She leaves because BB-8's around. She wants. She constantly says, "I just want to go back to Jakku." She has no interest in fighting. The, the First Order, um, which are just the Empire. Like, there's no world building there. We'll talk about that. And then, you know, she's taken along for a ride. They go to Maz's planet. She's kind of sitting around. She touches the lightsaber. She doesn't like that. That's I guess that's her refusal of the call. But at this point, it's over halfway point. Then, yeah, then she gets kidnapped by Kylo Ren. Then she escapes on her own because she needs no help, and she's Superman. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then it's like... I guess, yeah, maybe then Kylo Ren kills Han, who I guess she's friends with, but there's no... Like, there's no reason for them to be friends. Like, she didn't really do anything. There's no, there's no build-up. It's the
2: backstory st- problem. Other than steal his ship.
0: Yeah, she stole his ship, and he f- somehow found it in the galaxy after so many years of looking for it and just happened to stumble upon it when they were in it. Um, and then it's just... There's nothing there. Like, there's no build-up of relationship. Luke and Han's relationship builds up over the course of the original film. And at the end, when Han Solo returns, it's a big deal for his character.
1: Mm. It's that backstory problem. There are events that are obviously occurred, previ- big events that occurred previous to the film that you're going to have to read the comics or the books to fully understand.
2: Exactly. And it leads, it leads us back to the point where these shared problems between Rogue One and Episode 7. Whose fault is it, the writers or is it Disney. I think it's both. Like, Disney's definitely pushing it
0: down a corridor, specific sort of corridor. But I think J.J. Abrams, who wrote the film, along with Lawrence Kasdan, they were just looking for the, the quick sort of reboot route. Yeah. It's like, this movie is a soft reboot. It's not a sequel. It's like... They reset the universe, so the first order of the Empire, the resistance are the rebels. The X-wings are X-wings. The Tie fighters are Tie fighters. The stormtroopers are stormtroopers. They want to introduce it to the the Star Killer is The Death Star, the Star Killer base destroys the um, yeah. The Star Killer base destroys all of the Republic planets in one go. So there's going to be no New Republic anymore. So they've reset the galaxy. So it's exactly the same as it was in the 1977 original Star Wars, and they can start again.
2: Yeah, and it's
0: very lazy. Instead of building upon all all the stuff that happened in the originals and, you know, breaking out into new territory, they're just doing the same stuff again. And not only that, but the, the plot of the film follows pretty much the same structure as the original film. Yeah. So,
2: it's, be- so before 8, we're going to watch 5 and we're going to take notes yeah. and see if the events are the same again. Yeah. I mean,
0: <laughs> I, 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 like I said, I'm like, I, you know, 8 will be the dark one. You know, like, Empire was the dark one. Eight will be the dark one. It's like, they're going to do the same crap over and over again. Leia has nothing to do in this movie. Um, She kind of sits around in the Resistance base and says her lines. Like, no character development there. No relationship building with Rey or any other characters. Chewie does absolutely nothing. And even after Han's death, he walks past Leia. They don't acknowledge each other at all. And then... Leia hugs Rey, who she's never met before. It's like insulting. It's like who who wrote this film? Like, who, who, yeah. did they not realize on set that this was a mistake? Yeah,
2: I got the feeling that they were maybe trying to uh, employ some like off-camera backstory between maybe there's why wasn't a cold that in the film? A cold relationship between Chewie and Maz.
0: Mother. Maz Kanata is a terrible character. I hate her. Not only does she look terrible, but she. She does nothing. She just like, uh, hey, little girl, you're running away. You shouldn't be running away. Here's a lightsaber. Oh, how'd you get that lightsaber, Maz? Duh, I don't know. <laughs> Are you serious? That's a very important thing we must, must know. where did you get that lightsaber? Also, all her scenes should have been cut out, and Rey and Leia should have been developing that relationship there. Uh-huh. I mean
2: good idea Maz
0: is a boring Yoda ripoff who just happens to know everything about the force without being a Jedi and just kind of hangs around in a bar and it's just like why is she an important character what is this I mean and not only that she's a waste of Lupita Nyong'o who's a great actress and you know J.J. Abrams is focusing on all these practical effects and then you stick in this little uh, CGI motion capture ugly character with big glasses it's just, it's just really, really bad. Um, I'm not, I'm not digging it. Um, we'll go to another break. I'll play the Imperial March, classic, wow. uh, classic Empire Strikes Back. We're back on the Man vs. Movie Star Wars special. We just got another text from Blado. He says, "You want them to slow down and develop characters, worlds, and relationships." you will end up with the prequels. Vlado, you couldn't be more wrong. That is one of the most wrong statements I've ever heard. If you watch the original movie, as I mentioned, the first hour is on Tatooine, and no one finds that boring. I mean, that's where you're getting all the mythology and the lore and building up the characters. You're learning the the language. Also, people also forget that there's a scene in the original film that's basically just a boardroom sequence where the where the uh, grand moff tarkin and darth vader and the imperial officers are just in a boardroom talking about the politics and the and you know the death star and and the rebellion and the senate it's like that's that's integral stuff to yeah. how we learn about the universe
2: exactly you don't need you don't need half an hour of trade negotiations in the no, senate no, to that's, world build
0: that's yeah you just need very simple things for example um when, um, when uh, Darth Vader is walking down the hallway when he's captured uh, Leia's ship at the start of the movie, he's walking with an uh, Imperial uh, officer and the officer says, um, you know, if you do harm to her, you'll generate uh, sympathy for the rebellion in the Senate. That says a lot about the politics of the world without having to actually show the Senate and have long, boring stuff like the prequels. That's world building. That's great world building. Also, you know, Luke says he wants to join the Academy. Like, what's that? I mean, we, you know, Star Wars fans know that's the Imperial Flight Academy. But, you know, that that says a lot of things. You know, he wants to get out of this world, small world he's in and go on an adventure, which he eventually does. He also says things like, I need to go to Toshi Station and get power converters. That says a lot about his life. Yeah. That's very simple. It's one line. But that says to me, he's a kid. He likes working on his car. He likes working, you know, with yeah. his friends.
2: It's that. It's that really relatable sort of storytelling. It's he's he's at a backwater planet. He did, he's like he hears about the rest of the universe, but he's never been there. Much exactly. like the audience. Yeah, it's sort of very much through Luke's eyes. You don't. You haven't really seen it. Neither has he.
0: Very true. Also, there's a scene where uh, Obi Wan. Uh, you know, views the hologram of Leia and him and Luca just sitting in Obi-Wan's uh, house and that's a really great simple scene of, you know, they talk about the Force, they talk about the Clone Wars. What's that? Who's that? You know, what, what happened there? We'll that's, find out. Yeah, um, no, we won't <laughs> talk about that. But it's like... They talk about the the history of the Jedi and you know what happened to Luke's father. That's great world building, and that's a slow, that's a very slow scene. And no one complains about that. That's an iconic scene, and they introduce a lot there. Uh, Vlado says you don't need to know everything, though. Audience doesn't need handheld. Your recollection of the original color is colored with nostalgia. Uh, yes, it is, Vlado. But I'm also coming at it from a filmmaking perspective. When you make a film like that. You can study the original Star Wars beat for beat and it will tell you, you know, how, how to make a film. So the opening shot of the original Star Wars is great visual filmmaking, one of the best examples. There is no dialogue in the opening shot. I mean, there's the opening crawl, which is a great way of explaining the universe, another great tool of world building. But then you see the little ship dart out and in 1977 no one had seen you know, great stuff like that. It was like, pow. You know, wow, what's that? Then a bigger ship comes up behind it and you're like, holy crap. That tells you everything you need to know about this universe. There's a little ship getting away from a bigger ship. There's the oppressor and the oppressed. There's black versus white. That builds the world. And that's a very simple scene and one of the most iconic images ever in cinema history. Vlado says there are a lot of unanswered questions in the original trilogy. True, true. But n- unlike in the Force Awakens, where they don't answer anything and they present you with a world that makes zero sense, and then they just start and then people fight and then it's yeah, the end.
1: There are pieces missing.
0: There are no slow scenes where the characters sit in in a boardroom or sit in a house and say, "Hey, what's your backstory? Hey, what's the backstory of this world?" You know, there's n- there's not that use of lang the same use of language. I think um, the world building is so poor in the Force Awakens. All those world-building things I t- you know, talked about in the original film, that's just from the original film, not Empire or Jedi. So, I mean, there's yeah. heaps more examples. In Force Awakens, who are the First Order? Where did they come from? Why are they so large and powerful? How did they build a planet-sized superweapon without anyone noticing? They're just the Empire. Who are the Resistance? Why is there a Resistance at all if the New Republic has been established? Why are they in hiding? Why is Leia leading them? They are just the rebels. Where's the Republic during this whole time? If the Republic has become the, the ruler of the galaxy, why are the First Order so big and huge? And
1: how how did they get their resources? Like, And how come no one knows where they are, who they are? They don't completely defeat the Empire at the end of Return of the Jedi. There's more... Um, that's Grand true, rules off but after thirty thing. years, you'd think they'd be
0: pretty sorry—you know, pretty sorry in a sorry state. However, yeah. the first order is, I'd say, even more powerful than the empire. Other than the fact that they don't seem to be controlling the whole galaxy, but they're still. They oh, yeah. still have free free Rome, That's- and there's no reason for it. They don't explain like any of Death
2: that. Death Star two point shows that they're more powerful than the Empire.
0: Exactly. I mean, it's even they even say in the film, it's like here's the original Death Star, here's Starkiller Base, and it's like ten times as big, and it's like a silly joke that I hate. <laughs> and it's like, wh- 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 what is this? Like, why why isn't this any of this in the film? Like, why aren't they building this up during the course of the film? Why isn't this being explained to me and not explained to me? like in the prequels where they sit around and talk about trade negotiations for half an hour, but explain to me like in the original film where they use one line of dialogue to say a lot. The scene where Han Solo is introduced in the cantina is one of the greatest filmmaking introduction scenes of all time. Is
2: that the one where he shoots first?
0: Exactly. What does he shoot first? No, no, no. He (laughs) only—he's the only one who shoots. Greedo never shoots. He doesn't get a chance because Han Solo gets the drop on him. He's (laughs) badass. All right, so I'll explain this: why the original Star Wars is so great, and why the Force Awakens is terrible. In the original Star Wars, Luke and Obi Wan go to the cantina looking for a pilot, and with a ship. That to me tells me a lot about the world automatically. They go to a dive bar to look for someone who will give them a lift. Pretty simple stuff. This is not prequel levels of over-explanation. It's very simple. And it's, very icon- it's a very iconic scene. They go into the cantina and you see all these crazy creatures you've never seen before. That, that tells me, as the audience, look at all the crazy different creatures that inhabit this whole universe. It also shows a contrast to the Empire, who are all human... So the, so the empire is very you know one one thing, and but the galaxy is all these crazy different car- you know creatures. So you're not only I mean, you're not just showing off the special effects like the Force Awakens does. You're saying this is the world we are introducing you to.
2: Yeah, it's got that subtext of racism and xenophobia
0: stuff like that. Then they go and they they find Han. And actually, there's the bit with Ponda Baba and Dr. Everson where uh, you see what Obi Wan can do. That's that's a, you know that's a whole another thing there. That's that's introducing you know Obi Wan and and the lightsaber and stuff like that. But then we get to Han and they sit down at the table, and Han's, Han's bragging, and he's saying, "You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? Did the Kessel run in twelve? You know, less than twelve parsecs? That makes no sense." But in the context of this world and this conversation. You're saying, well, what's the Kessel on? It must be very hard or very fast uh, route, you know. How, you know, how do you navigate this universe? You know, where is Kessel? A lot of questions are raised, but the language they use it clues you in to to the the bigger universe around, and that's great world building. Then after that conversation, and Han and uh, Luke and Obi Wan leave, then Han. Breaks character and he turns to Chewie and he's like, oh, that's that that money's going to get us out of out of trouble. That's great character development. We note this guy is cocky. He's bragging about his ship. He's bragging about you know being so cool and fast. But then as soon as they leave, he cracks up to Chewie, and he's like, oh man, you know we got to pay off Java Like this this we, you know this is going to save our save our skins. That's great character development. Great world building. Then he runs into Greedo, and we learn about the problem with Java. And not only do we learn, you know, that not only does it build Han's character, but it builds the world again. There's this smuggling operation going on. Java must be, uh, you know, like a mobster, you know, who's running this. We're introduced to bounty hunters, you know, Greedo. We're introduced to a character who doesn't speak English, so we're learning new languages.
2: And they have a very good taste in music.
0: <laughs> and great taste, of, as we heard at the start of the show. <laughs> and, we, and then we learn, you know, Han says something like, uh, uh, Greedo says something like, you know, we can't deal with people who drop their shipments every time they come across an Imperial patrol. And Han says, you know, even I get bored sometimes. It's like, that tells you a lot about the imperial control of the universe. It's keying you in. And it's very simple stuff. You know, very simple lines. Not, not prequel levels of boring, blah, 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 blah. I don't like sand, blah, 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 blah. You know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Trade Federation. Vote now, vote now. Anyway, you know, it's not that boring level. It's this really exciting stuff. Like iconic, iconic scenes, like I've been talking about. Then Han shoots first. And we learn about him, him again. He's a rogue. He, he has no time for this crap. He's a badass. You know, like, we're learning so much in this very small scene, in this very small space. We learn so much about the universe, about the characters, etc., etc. That's great world building. That's why the original Star Wars is great, not only from sci-fi fantasy, but also from filmmaking perspective. And in The Force Awakens, when they go to Maz's planet, which they don't really need to go to because why? They go into Maz's cantina and there's all these crazy, you know, things. It's like, why are we seeing this? Yeah, it's And like- then they sit down with Maz and Maz goes, hey, girl, um, don't run away. I'll give you a lightsaber. I'll give you a lollipop. <laughs> um, and she gives her a lightsaber and she touches it and she has a vision. She's like, no, I'm not cool with that. I'm like, wait, why is why is all this happening? Yeah. Like the lightsaber stuff the I understand, but
2: the ships go at light speed. Why not go straight to the rebel base instead of going to Maz's planet? That's too. They go to Maz and they're like,
0: uh, "Can you please um, introduce us to the resistance?" And Maz is like, "No." It's like, and then the resistance shows up anyway.
2: Han Solo's there. He is the resistance. What's the problem?
0: It's just they should have gone straight to Leia. Leia and Ray should have had quality relationship-building time. Simple stuff like. Uh, Luke and Obi-Wan in the house some simple stuff a few lines doesn't need to be long two minutes three minutes and then you move on and that would have helped a lot at the end of the movie when they hug that would have explained everything you know it's like very simple stuff I'm not talking about writing um, you know war and peace I mean this is just very straightforward filmmaking stuff very a lot of this is I'm talking that's dialogue that's dialogue I'm talking about there's also visual stuff like I mentioned like the opening shot. But also the way the Empire looks. They look like Nazis. You know, the the very rigid, cold look of the stormtroopers versus the flesh and blood, uh, you know, rebellion troopers. Stuff like this. It's all visual filmmaking. In um, In Force Awakens, it's like just CGI stuff flying at you. There's nothing There's nothing going on there. There's nothing under the surface. Um, I also didn't like the design of the stormtroopers in the Force Awakens because they're very rounded, whereas in... The original stormtroopers are very rigid and cold, yep. and you know it's like a cut. But the the Force Awakens stormtroopers are very rounded. They almost have a smile. It's very
2: curved yeah. kind of mouth. It's like they try that that gag. The stormtrooper gag was uh funny at the time, but it's not very professional of the stormtroopers. When Kylo Ren's raging, and they're like, "Nope." I'm that's another away. problem I and have with this
0: movie. It's like everything that, uh, is a joke.
2: Yeah, the stormtroopers. If it was in the style of the originals, they would have been like, yeah, well, watch, you know, are you okay, sir? Do, do you need us to help you smash anything up? It's like... The thing with The Force
0: Awakens is every time there's an emotionally sort of poignant scene, they make a joke. So Kylo Ren, supreme example, he's throwing a tantrum, which is very boring and not visually interesting. He's just a whiny, whiny idiot. And then the stormtroopers come in and they're like, nope, and they nope out of there and it's like yeah it's funny but it's like you just diffused all the tension that we were building up there therefore you're making it seem like Kylo is not a sane person um says so you're a fan of Akira Kurosawa yes a hundred percent The Hidden Fortress Lucas stole The Hidden Fortress and turned it into Star Wars and that's one of the reasons why it's great The Hidden Fortress is a samurai film from the 50s which is told from the perspective of two peasants who get swept up into this sort of uh, war. And Lucas stole that uh, structure with C-3PO and R2-D2, the two little lowly characters who start the film and wander through the desert and find Luke and find Obi-Wan. It's very clear, you know, it's clear uh, goals, you know. It's all about following the plans to Alderaan. So, you know... The the droids go to Tatooine, they find Luke. Luke finds Obi Wan. Obi Wan finds Han. You know Han goes up to Alderaan. Alderaan's not there. They get sucked into the Death Star. They find Leia. They they help her escape. They find the rebels, and then they come back and they win the war. It's very clear goals. Very clear progression. We always know, you know, where we're going next. In Force Awakens, is just, oh, we have to go to, um, Maz's planet. Um, oh, um, Han found us, even though he's been looking for his ship for thirty years, and he just happened to stumble upon us. Oh, the the um the bounty hunters just happened to find Han, and they just stumbled upon him. Oh, we have to go to Maz's planet. Okay. Oh, the rebel, the resistance are here. Okay. Um. Oh no. Um. Uh. Rey's being kidnapped. All right. Let's go rescue her. Oh, she doesn't need saving. We didn't really need to come at all. Oh, yeah. We have to blow up the the Starkiller base oh, the, uh, there should be a way to kill it. Just shoot it in that, that target there. It's like a video game. The bombs. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'll just shoot it. Okay, yeah, it's done. All right, that's the end. It's like, why, why did any of that happen? Like, also the fact that there's no tension in The Force Awakens. In the end of the original Star Wars, the trench run, it's very tense. They, they fail to get the t- torpedo down the porthole uh twice before luke takes his shot and it's very tense it's like and the rebels are getting picked off one by one the stakes are high the stakes are high it's like this is your last chance and then what does luke do he turns off his targeting computer and the rebels crap themselves they're like luke are you okay he's like yeah i'm fine and what does he do he learns from obi-wan and he taps into the force for the first time he's not like ray he's not a super being (laughs) <laughs> he taps into the force for the first time After being taught by Obi-Wan On the Millennium Falcon To use his feelings And it's a struggle a,
1: to teach him as well
0: Exactly, which is another great scene World building, character building They're just sitting on the Millennium Falcon Waiting to get to Alderaan And he's using the, the, the <laughs> probe droid to yeah. to
2: practice Obi-Wan's sitting there like Just don't kill us all, Luke yeah. Don't throw the lightsaber at Chewie <laughs> Don't drop that thing, please <laughs> And that's very simple
0: world building. It's like they're going to Alderaan, let's talk about the characters, let's talk about the universe. No one complained about that scene. Everyone loves that scene. It's not like the prequels. It's very straightforward character development. Uh, natural. Natural, yeah. Um, the Force Awakens also has no oh, tension, I was talking about. So in, at the end of Starkiller Base, uh, at the end of Force Awakens, the Starkiller Base... There's just X Wings flying around, you know. Poe I guess Poe's there, I guess we don't I guess we care about him, not really. I mean he hasn't really done anything. Um they're just flying around the CGI stuff, they're going so fast, you know, they're dipping up, dipping down, they're just and it's like we just have to shoot the thing. It's like, okay, shoot the thing. They shoot the thing and they go home at the end. It's like where was the tension? Where was the build up? Where was the the failed attempts? There's a great moment at the end of the original Star Wars. It's very, it's very uh, minor. It's about two seconds long. Biggs dies and Luke kind of slumps down his X-Wing and it goes quiet. No, no, it's not Biggs dies. It's they miss, the, they miss the torpedo shot, sorry. They miss the torpedo shot and this is the Rebels' chance, you know, and they blow it and it just goes quiet and Luke just kind of sits back in his chair.
2: Yeah, the defeat and the disappointment.
0: Yeah, and the music kind of goes low. And it's, a very, it's about two seconds long. That's all you need. I'm not talking about prequels explaining the inner workings of bloody Jedi's blood.
2: I mean, I'm, just, I'm just glad <laughs> that... I'm talking
0: about very specific, you know, small visual filmmaking yeah. techniques, small pieces of dialogue, uh, facial expressions, just stuff like that.
2: I think the only... The one big moment I think Force Awakens did well with getting the tension right was probably the confrontation between Kylo Ren and Han, uh, which... It wasn't... It didn't get diffused by a joke, at least. That's
0: true. I mean, I feel like Han had no reason being. This movie has no development, and then he dies, and it's... For me, you know, it should have very inbuilt nostalgia and emotion. But for me, I didn't care. I'm like, well... Yeah, I mean, I saw it coming from a mile away. I knew, I knew Harrison Ford wouldn't do this movie unless he got killed off. He's been <laughs> complaining about it for 30 years. Um, we have to go to a break. We'll come back after this. Um, I hope everyone has, is still listening and hasn't uh, run off. They've probably had enough of me um, cra- crapping on. I'm going to play The Pit of Carcoon and Sail Barge Assault. So this is from Return of the Jedi when they're escaping from the Sarlac Pit. We're back with the Man Vs. Movie Star Wars special. Um, we were talking about The Force Awakens. Uh, we were just talking during the break. In the first scene of the film, Kylo Ren is shown stopping a laser bolt with his uh, force powers. He doesn't even have to concentrate. He, he goes about the rest of his business while the laser is still in the air. That, to me, as an audience member... Says that Kylo Ren is the most powerful Jedi we have ever seen. He may even be more powerful than Darth Vader. Then, after that, he's just turned into a weak, whiny idiot. Like, he, it's just. He gets beaten by Finn, almost anyway, um, when they're fighting. Finn doesn't have force powers as as far as we know, he's never used a lightsaber properly before. And it's like, why didn't Kylo just force push him like he does at the end of that fight? It's like, and then.
2: Or push the lightsaber into Finn's skull.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and then and then Rey comes and beats him, and it's like, what? What? You're sending me mis mis mixed messages here. It's like, is he powerful? Is he not? I don't know. I like, I don't know who this guy is. In saying that, though, I mean, he's the only character with any real development. I mean, he's the only one who sort of. Feels himself going back to the light side, and then he's like, "No, nope." And then he comes back,
1: much like Vader,
0: sort of, yeah. And it's like, at least we see a little bit of turmoil in him, whereas the other characters are just like, "Yep, yep, yep."
2: Yeah, he's suffering.
0: Yeah, he's he has some internal, uh, you know, uh, struggle, um, unlike you know every other character. Also, like, Snoke is just stupid. He he looks terrible. He looks like an orc. He looks like Azog the Defiler from the Hobbit movie. He's just a like, terrible CGI yeah, orc. Just,
2: how much better with Andy Serkis? Like, what's yeah, a better of you? Just
0: put either Andy Serkis as he is or just put some makeup on him. I don't understand this motion capture. Like, J.J. Abrams kept talking about the practical effects. And it's like, yeah, but then you've got these blatantly crappy CGI characters. It's like, why? I don't understand. And his character, as well, just seems to be some sort of emperor ripoff. And we know nothing about him. I mean, where was he during the original trilogy? They'll probably explain all this stuff, you know, in episode 8. They
2: sort of explained it a little bit in 7. Didn't Kylo Ren found him in some temple or something? Kylo, from what I understand, he
1: went looking for. He went looking for. uh, He didn't like Luke's teachings, so he went searching for his own answers. And. Apparently, he found K- uh, Snoke in some abandoned Jedi temple. Where was that in the movie? That's the movie I want to see. Yeah, it Kylo- was like a throwaway line. They don't focus Kylo- on it at all.
0: Kylo Ren would have been interesting if Kylo Ren was sort of the bizarro Luke. So, you follow Kylo Ren's journey from the Dang dark side. path of darkness. Yeah, it's like that would have been interesting, yeah. I think. I mean, Disney would never have done that. But it's like that's interesting. That's the kind of stuff I want to see. Um, Also, I shouldn't have to see Episode 8 to understand what's happening in Episode 7. You don't have to watch Empire to understand what's happening in the original Star Wars. That's ridiculous. So, uh, you know, like we said before, I shouldn't have to read all the books and, and the comics and the cartoons just to understand, you know, what's going on in these movies. That's bad filmmaking because you're not...
2: Mm. That content should come after the films. Yeah, it
0: should build up off of that.
2: Yeah, I mean, you've talked about your show before about how, say, premium TV is the new world building. Yeah. I think one of the things that might save Star Wars in the future is if Disney can be convinced to make a decent, maybe a Netflix or some sort of cable show They've been talking about a Star Wars Wars
0: TV show for a long, long time.
2: Then they they can slow it down because it looks like the movies aren't going to change.
0: I have a feeling, though, if Disney did do that, I, I think it would It'd go down the same route It'd be like 10 episodes of Force Awakens Just fighting and guys flying everywhere um, I'm sure there would be some better uh, uh, development over the time But it's just, I don't, I don't have faith in Disney anymore um, I also didn't like how the Force Awakens looked Everything, just the lighting was ugly The cinematography was ugly the X-wings were just X-wing, Tie fighters were just Tie fighters, the Stormtroopers, Stormtroopers. There's nothing new going on. At least in the Rogue One, we had the Death Troopers, which looked really cool. You know, we had the Scarif Troopers, which looked cool. We had the U-wing, we had the Tie uh, Thai Striker, which we'd never seen before. That's kind of cool stuff. This film, nothing new. Like it's stuff we've seen before, and not very. Everything looked very plastic, like a very shiny. Um, I, I just, I wasn't, wasn't a fan. Also, like, you know, Jakku is just Tatooine. Starkiller base is just Hoth with some trees. The Resistance base is just another forest planet, like Yavin. I mean, and the Rebel base was on Yavin. So it's like, they're doing the same things. It's really annoying. Um, in saying that, like, uh, Rogue One, the opening of Rogue One, that first shot with the, the ship going through the, the rings, like the Saturn, Saturn rings, that was really, really cool the opening shot of force awakens is terrible i'm not a fan of jj abrams i don't like really like any of his movies
1: not even um the one in the 80s
0: oh super eight nah that was like um all these movies are based off nostalgia like they're all like callbacks and none of them are good movies within themselves and i feel like that
1: south park joke which one I want how they, uh, JJ Abrams, is. Uh, he always redoes things, he remakes things.
0: I haven't seen that episode, but they're right. Um, he just redoes the same things we've seen before. And Super 8, what I liked about Super 8 was the kids and, and their performances and their story. But then it sort of opened up and it's like, we have to see what the adults are doing and we have to see what these guys are doing. And there's that stupid CGI monster that just looked terrible. And well, I won't get into it. I just, I don't like his films, I don't like his style of directing. I read a review of Force Awakens where it likened uh, J.J. Abrams to a prostitute. It's like, you pay him money, he makes you feel good for a couple of hours, and then he goes away. And you don't remember his name, there was no emotional connection, you'll (laughs) you'll forget about it. It's like, there's nothing, no, there's no substance there. And that's him, I think, his films in general, and the Force Awakens, it's like... It's very surface level emotion. It's like, we'll make you laugh, make you a bit sad, and then you'll go home and you'll forget about it. Whereas did he, the s- originals like stay with you. Did he direct the new Star Trek movie, Beyond? No, uh, that was Justin Lin, the Fast uh, and Furious I like guy. I that movie. They turned Star Trek into Fast and Furious. They've, <laughs> they've completed the the cycle. It's like, this, enough is enough. I've, um, I'm, I'm out of it. I think also the problem with Force Awakens is, at their heart, the original Star Wars movies are swashbuckling adventures. They're pirate films, stories about knights in shining armour, cowboy movies, but with a sci-fi kind of fantasy twist.
2: Yeah, it's always meant to be sort of like a fantasy movie set in space.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, George Lucas took a lot from the Flash Gordon serials to make Star Wars. He, he originally just wanted to make Flash Gordon, but couldn't get that right, so he started work on his own universe based on Flash Gordon. And that's where Star Wars comes from. It's a, it's an old 1930s black and white adventure film. There's sword fighting, there's, you know, cowboys, duel, you know, duels. There's, you know, stuff like that. It's when, when Luke swings off the Jabba's sail barge at the start of uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, the song I just played, it's like, that's a pirate film. You know, and then he swings off with Leia in his arms and they land on the, the little uh, skiff. And they fly off and the barge explodes. I'm like, that could have just been a pirate ship and a little boat. Like, it's these films are based on old adventure films. And I think the problem with the new movies, Force Awakens, Rogue One, and the films in the future, is that they're based on Star Wars films.
2: Yeah, they're action films.
0: The problem with uh, one of the problems I had with Force Awakens was it's a Star Wars film that references Star Wars. It's like, this is a film in which Star Wars exists. It's like, hey, remember, remember this? Hey, remember, remember that guy? Hey, remember that guy? It's very fan service or fan fan service-y, Very masturbatory. It's like, oh yeah. yeah, remember this guy? Oh my god, this is so cool. Oh my god, look, look, it's the uh, the chest, the hollow chest. Oh my god, hey, uh, look at this. Ah, oh. it's just you can't like you're supposed to be making a movie with characters and development, not making a. It borders on parody at times. Um, and that's, you know, what I really don't like about it. Um, we're running out of time. We'll quickly talk about... <laughs> <laughs> Calum wants to talk about the new Blade Runner trailer. Um, <laughs> when they announced the Blade Runner 2, I was like, yeah, that's going to be terrible. Another long line of terrible sequels. But just the amount of talent involved... Ryan Gosling ryan gosling harrison ford really scott producing denis Villeneuve uh, directing he did a rival sicario prisoners. prisoners just uh roger deakins doing the uh photography just beautiful stuff uh johan johansen who i talked about doing the music just the amount of talent involved in this i think it's going to be good even if it's you know not as good as the original i think
1: have you seen the trailer yet
0: yeah yeah we- that's good. It's, it's look, uh, what did I say to you guys it looks sexy and not just because of Ryan Gosling um, <laughs> yeah that helps yeah <laughs> um merry christmas everyone um the next show won't be on until the 27th so after christmas um so i probably won't be able to do like a christmas movie special or anything like that i might i die might hard. yeah i mean i'm going to watch die hard christmas eve or like i always do Um, and then I watch Jingle all the way Christmas morning, (laughs) every Christmas morning. Um, so Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, hope you have a good one. We were talking a little bit about the Star Wars Christmas special, which is notoriously terrible. Um, I've never seen it and I don't ever want to see it because it's something that looks so crazy that I'm, I'm afraid if I actually sit down and watch it, I will go insane. Um, it do not want. Yeah, do not want. Um, what did what did George Lucas say? Uh, if he had the time, if he had time and a hammer, he would uh, find and destroy every copy. Every copy. I mean, it's just insane how how crazy that stuff. I. It's and this really when weird. George
2: Lucas still cared about Star Wars.
0: <laughs> George Lucas didn't have anything to do with the uh, with the holiday special, but it's like. Whoever thought this was a good idea is an insane person. And just all the original cast return and the costumes and sets got to return. But it's just, it's not this, it's insane. Like Chewbacca's family. They, they introduce Chewbacca's family. But Hang on, just... I, have, I have the names here. Um, they go back to Kashik, Chewbacca's home world, to celebrate Life Day. They introduce Chewbacca's family, his father, Ichi. His wife, Marla, and his son, Lumpy. Like, this is what we're working with. And most of the special seems to revolve around this family speaking to each other in Wookiee without any subtitles (laughs) for long periods of time and then, like, and then sitting down and watching, like, Galactic TV, which are just, like, weird, uh, like, cooking programs and the, the uh, Chewy's yeah, Chewy's Chewy's father watches like a weird like softcore porno. Like it's <laughs> yeah. insane. Like
2: some random Imperial guy or whatever comes up and sets it up for him.
0: Yeah, it's just <laughs> absolutely insane. Just what the whole thing. He,
2: what does he say about it? It's like it's wow. Yeah,
0: it's wow. <laughs> <laughs> just oh my god. Just in talking about it, I feel like I'm losing my sanity. Um that's all the time we have. Thank you for listening. Uh, if I have any listeners left, I think they've all all uh, left me. Um, um, the, this comes from a place of love. I love the original Star Wars films. They're so important to me. Like I mentioned, they're not just good sort of action fantasy. They're great film. They're great for filmmaking. Like the writing, the direction, the construct. They're very well constructed films and that's why i love them so much and that's why they've stuck around in people's psyche for so long and that's why they're so important for people and why it makes people so you know angry when they screw it up and so you know i just you know want to let people know i love star wars and i hope people you know enjoy these new films but i've realized they're not for me anymore they're for the kids growing up now that are being introduced to the we world. We can still now. watch them and be angry. I'm still going to watch every one, and I'm still going to review and, and probably hate on it. Episode 8's being written directed by Ryan Johnson, who I love. He um he did Looper, which is great. He also wrote and directed a film called Brick, which is absolutely phenomenal. It's one of my favourites. Very low budget kind of uh, detective film. So I mean, there's a chance that eight will at least introduce some of the, the characters better and and you know build up the world a bit better, but like I said, Star Wars probably isn't for, for me, someone like me anymore. But I'm happy to go back and rewatch the originals. Unfortunately, they haven't released the theatrical versions One on day. home video. I'm hoping Disney will do that soon. For now, I have no. to stick to my bootleg copies, um, which is it's a very you know very big shame. Um, so that's all the time we have for. Uh, thank you, Nathan.
2: No problem. Thanks for having us on.
0: Thank you, Callum.
2: You're very welcome.
0: Uh, I hope you guys, uh, you know, enjoyed me ranting at you and, <laughs> and lots of yelling. Uh, <laughs> um, thanks to all our listeners. Uh, like our Facebook page, uh, Man vs. Movies. Man vs. Movies. Uh, Car Talk won't be on tonight. and Matt can't make it. He also can't make it next week. Um, so I'm not sure. Um, you know what, I'll what show I'll be doing, but it probably won't go for two hours again unless we talk about more Star Wars. I can always keep going. <laughs> I mean, I, I could keep going all night. We'll be back. More Man vs. Movies next Tuesday, every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Check out all the other great shows on 98.9 Northwest FM. Until then, uh, Merry Christmas
1: um, and may the Force be with you and Cat- also with you. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Catch you later. We hope you enjoyed this special flashback episode. What you just heard was a reupload of an old show. If you'd like to keep up with our current show, the Tuesday Review, please like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Tuesday Review AU, and rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. You can find the Tuesday Review wherever you listen to podcasts. Adios, cousins.